Welcome to another episode of Shaped by the Sea, the podcast where we learn from the experiences of folks who have a truly unique connection with the ocean. Today, I'm excited to introduce two youth ocean heroes who are working to preserve biodiversity and tackle plastic pollution, Princess Theodora von Lichtenstein and Lily Platt. So thank you both so much for, for taking the time out of your busy school schedules um, to talk about plastic pollution and biodiversity with me here. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you for having us. No problem. So uh, I figured I'd start this, this episode off um, just by giving our viewers a little bit of an introduction to both of you um, and the work that you're doing. So Theodora, if you wanted to maybe start first, uh, you know, introducing Green Teen Team and a little bit about your, yourself and why you started it. Of course. So hi, everyone. I'm Theodora. I'm 15. And I founded Green Teen Team six years ago when I was nine. And Green Team Team works and collaborates all over the world with different organizations. And we try and educate teenagers about the importance of their local biodiversity, because we think that working in local communities is the best way to tackle real issues and real problems. Um, and I started Green Team Team at, as you might notice, quite a young age, but I was motivated to do so because I saw that I had an amazing opportunity from the very privileged background that I come from to truly help people and to make a difference and actively make a difference, not just talk about it. <laughs> so yeah, that's a quick introduction. In incredible, Theodora. Thank you. And, uh, and what about you, Lily? Um, if you could introduce yourself and a little bit about, you know, why you started Lily's Plastic Pickup. Well, as a quick interjection, as a quick um, introduction, my name is Lily Platt. I'm 12 years old. I live in the Netherlands, and I'm the founder of my initiative, Lily's Plastic Pickup. And how it started was way back in 2015. Uh, me and my grandpa, we were just going on a walk when all of a sudden we saw this huge amount of plastic that was thrown everywhere. But this in a time, and I couldn't count in Dutch very well so we decided to count all the pieces of plastic we found and we found 91 pieces of plastic in only 15 to 10 minutes of walking and it was at that moment when I realized that I had to do something so I researched a lot about plastic and found out um, and found out ways how I could how I could protect the planet from plastic pollution. That's incredible that's that's such an impactful story it really it really sticks with me, you know, um, walking the beach and seeing just when you were so young, just seeing this issue firsthand. That must have been, I mean, that it clearly stuck with you because you started this whole organization about it, right? That's definitely true because there are always those certain moments when you just look at nature and you just feel how much hum humans and humanity itself has hurt nature in some certain ways like there are just those moments that you can see how much nature is in pain yeah that, that's incredible and so we have we have a lot that i want to talk about and cover here um and and i have so much that i can learn from from both of you and that our audience can learn from both of you um but i wanted to start with just how how is um learning going this year how is school um i know it's it's crazy times the middle of a pandemic a lot of people are, are learning from home um so how are classes going for you both well, it's been very interesting, at least from personally. Um, at the beginning of the school year for me, we ha we went in like half in, half out, like not fully remote, but also not fully in school, which was an interesting experience. But it's definitely changed, at least the way I personally learn. And I don't know how it's affected you, Lily, but it's been intense. 
Yeah. Yeah. Have, have you been able to go back to school at all um, since this year, uh, since this has all begun? Or are you still completely virtual right now? Um, me? No, I'm completely in school for the moment. But we had a couple of weeks where we were sort of in half in, half out to control the amount of people at school. But we've been very lucky. Gotcha. <laughs> so far. Yeah. And and how about you, Lily? Well, here, my school, um, if you have any of the symptoms of, of having a cold or if you have a cough, you ha- you can be sent home and, and have online lessons. But that's also why I'm going to this school, because if I have a conference or an online meeting, such as this one, you uh, you can still follow school, but you have to do it online. Yeah. But at the moment, um, last week I had a little bit of a cough, so I so I've been doing um, online school for the past few weeks. But it's going okay. Nice, nice. What do you, what what do you find most challenging about learning remotely? Um, in your experiences with doing, you know, using Zoom or Skype or or all of these different, you know, computer platforms, what what was challenging to you? Do you think? Well, I would probably say some issues with Wi-Fi. <laughs> Definitely. It's almost like a gamble, like you never know when the Wi-Fi is going to crash. And so it's always, so you have to always make sure that the Wi-Fi is okay at that moment and what part of the house you're in, because sometimes parts of the house, they have good Wi-Fi, but the other parts, not so much. <laughs> yeah. That's such a good point. No, that is I a remember- really good point. I remember at at like the end of the last school year, we had exams, which were quite important for me because they decided what sort of predicted grades I'd get to apply to university with. And I'm in the middle of my Italian test, uh, just my entire Wi-Fi just crashed and I, I couldn't log back in onto anything. And that nerve wracking moment of not being able to do anything is just, I'm feeling completely useless because it's not even your fault. It's oh, really no. quite nerve-wracking but yeah that sounds super <laughs> stressful <fun> <laughs> yeah. but I guess we're all learning to cope with it and and learn how to deal with the issues but so I want to I want to dive into a little bit about the work that you both do and and how you know how you started Green Team Team I know Lily touched on how you start how she started Lily's plastic pickup and this is incredible you you both were and I know I know Theodora you were you were pretty young when you started yours as well that you mentioned um and so Lily, Lily touched on her reason why she decided to, to really focus on plastic pollution. But Theodora, I, it would be great to hear from you. What, why was there a moment that you really, you know, in your life that you decided I want to address the issue of biodiversity loss on planet Earth? Um, was there was there that single moment just like Lily had? Or was it kind of just a, a larger, you know, you were interested yeah. in this and you really wanted to to learn about it more and dive into it? That's such a great question, but I, I think it was like an accumulation of multiple scenarios or multiple like times that I'd, I'd realised that it was an important issue, and I was extremely lucky that I grew up in the countryside, but I'd, I'd go to school in the city, and what really struck me is that I was so lucky at the weekends I could like go and play in the forest and I could go running with my dogs and so on, but a lot of other people didn't have those opportunities, and a lot of other people hadn't properly seen like animals up close, hadn't like actually been in contact with nature as I had been. And often people hadn't even seen like wild animals apart from in zoos. So I sort of, I wanted to change that. And 
especially with my classmates, I wanted to like give them the opportunity to also be in contact with animals in the ways that I had been. And yeah. that's like, so yeah, that's the moment that I decided I wanted to do something. <laughs> that's yeah. incredible. And and that's, that's so incredible that you, that you're able to use a kind of your experiences and say, I want to help other people that, that don't have this opportunity. I want to make this, I, I want to share what I've seen with the world basically. And I think that's, that's really important. And that's, that's incredible of you to, to step up and, and do that being so young. And, um, and for, here's another question I got, I have for you, Lily. Um, so you, you mentioned why, why you started Lily's plastic pickup. Can you tell me a little bit about the journey that you've been on? Um, I know, I know you've been, you know, uh, spending a lot of time on social media, getting your message out. Um, how, how has it all kind of started for you and come together uh, making your own, you know, th this Lily's plastic pickup. I'm, I'm just curious about yeah. that. Um, well, how my love for nature and animals sort of started was because uh, my grandpa, he he's a geologist and he traveled all across the world, mainly in Africa. And when I was small, but he still does this now, he always told me these amazing stories of the wildlife and the cultures of the countries that he's been in. And some of those stories just made me realize how precious, fragile and important nature is because my grandpa, he also grew up in Port Isaac, which is a coastal city in the um in the north in the northwest of Cornwall so he's always connected with the birds and with the animals of the ocean and he also always told me to respect all birds and all nature and that was also how it started but after uh, the 2015 um story I, I i also mentioned this earlier but i did lots of research on plastic pollution such as microplastic and how and how plastic it doesn't go away if someone throws it throws it away it stays there so it doesn't go away it always stays and how every single piece of plastic on earth how it still exists today but not in its original form so it so that was also kind of how it started and because of my activism i'm the youth ambassador for uh, for wody and youth mendes and 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 earth org as well that's incredible you've you've both accomplished so much in in such a short period of time um it's it's really incredible and i, I want to talk a little bit more later in this podcast about your plans for the future but um i'm also curious because biodiversity loss and plastic pollution are are two very different issues but they're also super intertwined right they 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 both have you know they they both um are crucial issues that we see facing our planet right now um and i wanted to ask you just uh, in speaking with your peers at school um, and, and what you've seen kind of online, what environmental issues do you think that your peers care most about? I first of all would like to address that like biodiversity and plastic pollution have a reciprocal relationship as such, as in one affects the other quite closely, uh, mostly because plastic pollution makes it much harder on our ecosystems and the environments of our world. and. As to what our peers care for, it's very hard for me to gauge that because I think everyone has a different relationship with their environment and with what they think is important. However, I often see people just jump in on bandwagons as what is trendy. And <laughs> I think that's quite a sad thing. 
but I, I'd hope people care mostly about biodiversity and therefore also about the huge issue of plastic pollution. Yeah. And, wh- and what about you, Lily? Well, I kind of think that if one person worries about a certain environmental issue, such as, for example, climate change, I think because you mentioned that um, that uh, that even though they're different, they still are kind of intertwined with each other. So I think that that if someone is worrying about a certain environmental issue, that also then then that environmental issue stems into another one and another one. So they're all kind of in one thing. So I think that if one person worries about one of it, that, that it's kind of worrying about all of it. That that's a real that's a really good point, Lily. Um, Thank you very much. No, no problem. Yeah, and I just want to talk about that a little bit because if you can, if you're introduced to environmentalism and, and environmental activism through plastic pollution, you you quickly, as soon as you start to research the problems, you realize that it's linked to biodiversity loss. That's you true. you realize it's linked to plastic pollu- uh, to uh, climate change and yes. and it's impacting habitats and it really just to your point it's everything is all con- interconnected and i think that's that's an incredible point um one one thing that i find um and and you you both can definitely speak to this but i i see that when i when i do uh when i teach young students today um whether they're teenagers or they're in elementary school um a lot of them are very visual learners and and what i find is that social media um, young people today are so much more connected to social media than than I ever was in the past. I, when when I grew up, people only uh, I I only got a cell phone when I was in in middle school or high school. And I know I know some uh, students today they already have you know they're they're connected to tablets and technology um, so at, at such a younger age. Um, and what I see is that plastic pollution, especially people, really care about it because it's such a, a visual issue. Um, like what you said, Lily, you, you were counting these plastics and, and you just saw them and they were all over. Um, and that's what made you want to, to, to really step up and, and raise your voice against them. Um, exactly. What do you, yeah. What do you guys think? Sorry. It's, I think it's because it's maybe an issue that doesn't easily go unnoticed. So as you said, it's very visually impacting. You can sort of if there was somehow like an animal species that were going extinct that you'd never really heard of it before because there are so many different types of insects that we've never even seen or we don't feel impact our lives but in actuality they have this huge effect within our ecosystems and because you're not really impacted by them directly every single day or you don't feel like you have a consequence on what happens to them I think you don't have this close yeah. relationship that's a really yeah. good point and and Theodora last so on our last podcast cast episode, I actually spoke with Ellie, who's the director at Green Team Team, and she yeah. she was explaining how you guys have some programs where you focus on one single species that's that's on the verge of extinction or it's it's really in decline. And do do you use that one species that's that's like really um, charismatic and people can relate to it? Do do you use that to talk about the larger issues as a whole? Um. Well, yes. Well, what we try and do is really make our projects like local. And I feel like you can relate better to something that impacts you more personally. So whilst it's very easy to say, 
And it's still an issue saying, well, we have to save the tigers in Asia or we have to help out with the rhinoceroses in South Africa. It's not really as impactful as saying you actually have a problem right on your doorstep. And so we try and use that, I'd, I'd say, like pathos and to help people engage with the issue more and to really show them that they have the power to make a difference. Yeah, that's, that's a really good answer. Um, so I want to I want to switch gears here a little bit um, and talk about um, just just a little bit more about your work. Um, so have for both of you, have you seen since you've started Green Teen Team and Lily's Plastic Pickup, you, has your work changed or evolved in any way um, for, that's different yeah. from when you first started it up? Um, maybe uh, Lily, if you want to if you want to speak to this first. Oh, um. Uh, okay, um, if you say that, well, um, well, I definitely say that from 2015 till 2020, my initiative has definitely changed a little bit from this, from the certain things that I pick up to, uh, to some of the things that I'm, um, uh, to some of my, to some, um, to my message of helping the earth. So, so, so stuff like that has changed, such as in 2020 or 2020, the, um, I have definitely seen a rise and fall in some certain plastics that I pick up, mainly face masks yeah. and, and other stuff. But um, uh, but also in recent years, I've been trying to do um, things about climate change and other environmental problems because we have uh, said this earlier, they're all intertwined. So it's always good to, um, uh, to always link, um, to link them all together and address them as one problem. Yeah. That's 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 a great okay. point. Yeah. And and what about you, Theodora? Um, has has Green Teen Team's mission or the work that you, that you all do over there um, has it evolved over time? Um, I don't. Re- I can say that it definitely has evolved. As in, we've grown as like an organization, and we've had the opportunities to work with really incredible people within their fields. But our mission and our vision statement, such, hasn't changed. We always have had the same purpose, which is to educate people on the importance of their local biodiversity and to empower people and show them that by actively doing something, they can actually make a difference. Yeah. I don't think that's ever changed. Definitely. And and Theodore, were there any projects that you've worked on with Green Team Team that really stuck with you um, or that were like really successful for you? Well, I think that the first project we ever did, Colonia, definitely has stuck with me. Um, Probably because it was the first one, therefore it was the most memorable. It was also the one I was most involved with. It was about um, saving, not really, it was an area for five different species of turtles and tortoises in a park. And we were able to like bring in my school classmates and we did lots of work with them on this project in particular. And I think for that reason, it's really stuck with me, and it was sorry, lost my yeah. like train of thought. No, no that's <laughs> in, that's incredible though. And I, I have I have one more quick question for Lily too, just about her answer. Um, Lily, it sounds like how much plastic have you picked up through the years now? Do you have have you been keeping track of it? Yes, well, before or I think after, I think it is before the new year, we try to do a calculation of the certain plastics that I pick up, mainly mainly the big things that I pick up or the things that I find the most, like cans, bottles, plastic bags, coffee cups, 
balloons, etc., and of course straws. So you'll calculate it into one big number. And if I try to calculate it, we probably would be here as longer than expected. <laughs> and also because I don't have a calculator with me, so it's a little bit impossible. But <laughs> you know that it is more than a hundred thousand since I have started. Wow. It's been a more than a hundred thousand pieces. That's incredible. I think that's that's a huge testament to how one yeah. person can really make a difference. You know, a lot. A, yeah, a lot. A lot of people. I don't know. Do do either of you feel like this? That um, you almost. I don't know. That, that there's so much plastic out there. There's so much. Um, you know, overfishing. There's there's so much wrong that it can kind of feel like there's there's nothing that you can really do about it. Do you do you ever feel feel like that, or do you do you just feel like every every time that you go out there that you pick up plastics that you're that you're working in the community that that you're making a real difference? Probably both. Yeah, a little like, bit of both. I definitely feel like both because here where I'm staying, it's in Forshoten in Holland because I'm staying with my grandpa, um, is that there's a certain points in a, in, the, um, in a park where there's these benches and there's a certain circle with grass and, and, um, and some mud. And always, whenever we pick something up, one hour or or next time we go there it's always filled to the brim with plastic even though the bin is right there (laughs) sometimes it gets very very frustrating but then i also still remember how much um uh how much more um how um how many other people are trying are trying to um are trying to change the fate and death and are trying to change the fate on the of the planet rather than just being a polluted wasteland but being a place where animals and 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 just and and just nature is thriving is thriving thriving sorry i can't speak today (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, that's that's a great answer, and it it's just I, I don't know if you ever heard this saying, but um, individually we're one drop, but together we're an ocean. And oh, yeah. I must have heard that. Yeah, it's a very good. Thing. And and I forget who exactly uh, who quotes that, but who the quote is from. But I think that that ties directly to your point that it's it's sometimes we don't see everyone else that's out there that's that's picking up trash when they go to the beach, um, who's great. who's volunteering to help protect biodiversity with these projects um it's we don't see it every day but they are out there there's plenty of people out there working every single day um to to right these wrongs and and i think that this is really important uh for the the one of the reasons that the work that you both do is so important is that young people today really are a generation that cares more about environmental mental issues than ever before um, do you, do you, would you, would you say that your average peer, that your average student, um, does, uh, does care about this stuff or, or is a, a, at least aware of it? Um, oh, Theodora, would you like to go first? Um, sure. Okay. okay. I think that everyone's aware of it. I think that definitely, as you said before, Brian, social media has made us far more aware of the situation than your generation probably was or the generations before that but I don't really know how I know that there are lots of people that are involved but I don't know how many people actually completely involved in the situation yeah Um, yeah I don't know I can't really expand on it much (laughs) I have some very controversial thoughts on it (laughs) 
<laughs> no, no worries. No worries. We're and you can say anything that you want on this podcast. We're we're just exploring these these ideas, you know? <laughs> and 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 it's great. It's and it's great for our audience to hear your thoughts on this because you you're both you're you're young and you're working, you know, towards a better future. And and Lily, I, I, I don't think you got to answer that question um, yourself, but what, what do you think on that? Well, I think that a lot of people that they are aware of it, especially children and grown-ups alike, but I'm not sure if they, but I think that they also are, don't know how to tackle it or how, or a way how to solve it. Yeah. So they're aware of it, but not sure how um how they're able to do something. Because same thing for me. I knew about um about pollution and ha- and climate change when I was um when I was when I was uh, when I was still small. But I wasn't sure how to, um how to tackle it or how to stop it until that moment in two thousand fifteen when there was sort of like that Archimedes Eureka moment. Nice. And <laughs> another thing about that um about the subject that I would like to say, if that if that's okay or if we still have some time for that. Yeah, we have plenty of time. Okay. And it's um and it's that if you pick up at least one or th- even three pieces of plastic, but you definitely still have to do some of the safety precautions like using gloves and using the grabber sticks for plastic, um, that also still means that you are that you are changing the destiny of an animal and of the oceans. Because if you only pick up that small amount of plastic, you it, it may seem small, but you are actually helping so much. You are helping not only the ocean but you are helping hum- you are helping the earth all of its cre- all of its creatures by doing that one small act that's that was beautifully worded lily that Thank that, you very much. that is incredible and it, it it's very true um something that i i do beach cleanups all the time here in new england and something that i always tell people is that when you go out there and you clean a beach also other people are going to see you what you're doing and you know they might think next time they might not litter uh some of the plastics that they have they might actually go out there and help you uh clean up or or the next time that they go to the beach they'll they'll be looking on their own you know trying to make the beach a cleaner place and um i think i think that's really that that resonates really really well with me is that um whatever you do that that makes a positive impact um other people are going to see it, especially today. And you're setting an awesome example for others to follow. So I think that's, that's absolutely yeah, that's I, huge. Yeah. Right. And I somehow feel as though there's like a stigma around being like ecologically aware or trying to make a difference and doing beach cleanups and so on. Because I don't know if like Lily experiences the same thing, but somehow it's viewed as like uncool or not yeah i don't really know how to explain it but it's quite an odd feeling and then somehow but it's cool to like skip school and go to protest but not actually be proactive in any sort of way and i feel as though that has to be changed and sometimes i feel very helpless in that sense and i don't know how to change that stigma or how to get people involved in feeling as though actually i don't care what others think of me because this is a cool thing to do i'm actually saving the planet i'm actually making a difference You keep on thinking that, Theodora. <laughs> Theodora, that's an incredible point that you just made. And I mean, from from both of you, have you ever personally experienced that, like that kind of bullying or that kind of? So many times. Yeah. So many 
times. Yes, because uh, um, I have been to a fair share of schools um, here in the Netherlands, and most of the time when I pick up plastic, people are always that is disgusting, and they're also and at some of my earlier schools or one of my first schools people weren't exactly too happy that i cared about animals or or other stuff that they weren't familiar with like like enjoying food from other cultures and um uh, or um or liking to watch anime and stuff yeah so they weren't exactly too happy that i liked quote-unquote ugly animals i i I personally do not think any animal is unappealing because when I was really small, I absolutely loved the blobfish with all my heart and I wanted to protect it. But nice. at school, people for some reason bully me for liking animals and I don't know why. Yeah, that it's it's interesting. What about you, Theodore? Have you have you ever experienced that yourself? Um, well, I wouldn't say I've been like bullied because of what I do, but I definitely felt as though I've either been excluded from certain scenarios because of my opinions on a on a certain subject or a lot of the time people sort of make fun of what I do or um yeah they say why are you actually trying to make it like why are you doing this and it's quite hard not to take it to heart but you do have to like think that you're doing the right thing and that at some point hopefully those people will come around understanding that in actuality it is cool or it is good to make a difference oh exactly and and it's exactly what you just said. It, it is it is a great thing to make a difference, and it's and you should no one should ever care what other people think of you know what what you're interested in and what you're passionate about. If you're if you're passionate about something as a student, you know go for it. But it's it's always it's always sad to to, to hear when people are deterred from doing something you know positive just because they think they're going to get made yeah. fun of or or you know that it's not cool. Um, but I think. I, what what something that I find really interesting about both of, both of your projects that you're working on is that you you make a place where people with similar interests can actually you know talk to each other and and feel you know find find out that there's other students who think this that this is really interesting and that think that's always great yeah I, I, do you do you see that there's like a a sense of camaraderie um, or do you like that you you have like that you're both creating this this community of people, you know, students who care about this stuff. Um, absolutely, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, Have, definitely. Oh, Theodore, would would you like to say something? Hopefully, I wasn't interrupting. No, no, you go ahead. I was just was going to say that it's really nice to like when you meet people, especially thanks to like social media. And for example, like me getting to meet Lily has been really cool because we both have like the same opinions on making a difference and on helping to like be proactive and making the world a better place which is such an overused phrase but quite poignantly true in this situation and yeah. it's always exciting to see other people do that as well yeah mm-hmm. and what were you going to say lily oh i was just going to say that um uh, that whenever I'm at a sort of um, conference where there's lots of students and uh, and and people of my age and above who care about um, who care about the environment and about plastic pollution and have the same opinions about animals and and um, and other stuff like mythology, I have made so many friends <laughs> by doing that because I actually made because during a pickup I um I'm um. 
I met what I met, which is now one of my best friends in the world, and now all we do is talk about mythology almost every week, and it's really and it's really great. Yeah, we met each other at a pickup. It was awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> that's it's awesome. Activists. That's that's great. I that sounds that sounds incredible. It's it's just it's a great way for you to meet people and and to share ideas yeah. and and I will I will definitely say myself you two are very cool so and, and, and anyone out there who says otherwise about any any students working um to protect our environment and, and pursue their passions um that is very uncool so so I needed that yeah no problem um so so actually Theodora I want to ask you a question you you touched on this before and you you were bringing it up um that you, you get kind of annoyed with um, young people uh, wanting to protest and skip school um, for protests where they won't where they won't go out and take direct action like like cleaning their beach um, and making really impact doing really impactful things for their local community would yeah. my, my question is I think I know your answer Theodore but um, I'm curious for Lily too would you miss school for a protest against uh, against uh, for uh, around climate yeah. change or around plastics. Um, yeah. Well, for a protest, I would. Oh, sorry for uh, for interrupting you. Were you going to say anything else? No, oh no, 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 no. That was all. Go. The the mic is all <laughs> yours, Lily. Go for it. Okay. Well, definitely for a protest, but for any other reason, no. If I have a cold, then I will. Then I'll have to go home because I don't want anyone else to get sick. But if it's for a protest or a conference or an online meeting like this, I would definitely, I would definitely, um, I definitely rather, I would definitely um do this instead of um, I would definitely, uh, skip school and then do this, but not permanently. Only if it's if it's only if. But not permanently. Yeah, for something that you care about deeply. That's true. Yes, definitely. And, and what about you, Theodora? I'm inter- I'm very interested to hear your thoughts. Um. Well, I'm not just a nerd, but I would not skip school to go to a protest. I would definitely, and I have skipped school to go to conferences and to do interviews and to talk about the importance of our biodiversity. But I personally don't really see the I can see how it has a huge effect to do protests, but I don't really believe in them because I personally think that they cause more harm than they do actually any benefits. Occasionally, yes. Yeah, and and okay. what 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 do you what do you mean by harm? Like, what do you what do you think in, of um? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's sorry. I use quite a broad term, but I think they don't really have like the negatives outweigh the positives, in my opinion. And those negatives would be that. For example, there was a huge protest here in Milan for um, like skipping like strike Friday. I the, the climate strikes. Yeah, for the climate strikes, and there was lots of like plastic that was just laying around after the strikes, and um, like huge amounts of like disarray. And I just don't think that that's the image that should be portrayed in the media of people who are trying to make a difference because. Um, that's not actually what most people like most people who go to those strikes aren't actually trying to do anything proactively or trying to make a huge difference they're just doing it because it's cool and i'm happy that for once it's cool to like be good like trying to make a difference with the climate but i don't think it's the right thing yeah and (laughs) oh sorry no go for it lily what were you gonna say 
well, just to touch on that, I definitely uh, um, agree with the plastic thing, but there are also some other things that I would say about uh, about some of the negatives about um, about protests, and it's um. And it's. I also think that that it should be more peaceful, other than um. I think it should be more peaceful and not. Uh, it should be peaceful and um and trying to inspire people rather than rather than um rather than barging through uh through um uh through roads and and go and um and and um and walking through and walking through um through big cities i think that we should try our best to be peaceful yeah. and another thing is i also, i also think that there should that some of the the things and some of the things being said in at some protests i think that some of those things shouldn't be said especially since it's mainly children and teenagers doing um are doing um, yeah the climate strikes and the, yeah yes I definitely think that 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 it should only be peaceful so no bad language and no violence I definitely think that uh, mm. that they should only be peaceful and not and no bad language or or, uh, or violence that's what I would think that that's really good insight and I, I agree I think that's that's really important and and it's really interesting because um, compare because I live in the U S and you you are both in Europe and. There's definitely a difference. I feel like the the climate strikes were really like a huge thing throughout Europe, um, especially especially with like Greta Thunberg last year. Or was it last year? Um, yeah, right. It, it was in 2018, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> pretty pretty recently. Yeah, but but I I feel like a lot of a lot of young people kind of saw her and and really you know her her voice and her, her mission kind of resonated with a lot of students, uh, especially over overseas uh, across the pond in Europe. Um, and that really took hold. And yeah, I, I saw, you know, there was a lot of people walking out of class um, and, and it definitely caught the attention of the world. But what, what do you think, what would you suggest um, all those students who were out there doing these climate strikes and these, and skipping school, what do you, what would you suggest that they do Additionally, like uh, what? What do you think are some direct actions? Um, I'll start with Theodora here. That that people that any student can really take to address these problems. In addition to going to these climate strikes, um, I think that even the smallest actions can make a difference. So, as Lydia said, just even picking up one or two pieces of, of plastic when you're on your way to school, or when you're just like going for a walk, just extremely easy, and it will make a difference. Just even the concept of doing it is what makes a difference, in my opinion. And apart from that, I think trying to be like paying attention with what the clothes that you buy as being more ecological is really not that hard. It can be challenging occasionally, but it's not the hardest thing to do. And yeah. just being careful with the amount of like water you use and even just turning off the light switch and trying to use as little electricity, that will make a difference. So. Yeah, and when, what do you what do you think, Lily? What would you tell people to uh, to do to really amplify their impact? 
Well, what I would say is um, is educate and inspire. So maybe if you're at school or online school or if you're with a friend or, or if you have a Zoom meeting with someone or just anything really, is to always say something about it. Because even if people say, oh, it's uncool or, oh, um, it sounds good, but I won't do it, you're still saying it to someone. And maybe they might even say something back back about it or maybe they they might even start start making minor changes to improve the ecosystem yeah and um oh, i just lost my train of thought i just <laughs> had um yeah. no that's a that's a really good point yeah oh, okay really oh wait point. i just remember what i wanted to say oh uh did you want to say something no, no it's all, all you Lily. okay good point and it's um and it's also support any child or any or any person of the younger generation who wants to try and do something but doesn't know how to start is to always support them and to never say anything negative to them and um um oh great yeah. i lost another no you that's that's a really good point you all, you all are the next generation you, that's true yeah and and you you're all i love the points that we're making here about being inspiring to other people and and you you know, as as students, you can inspire everyone around you. You can inspire your parents. That's you can true. inspire your teachers. You can inspire your peers. Even even the the younger students that are coming up, uh, you know, before you, uh, you can you can teach them and guide them a little bit yourself. Um, so I think that's that's a really good takeaway. I think from from what we've been talking about is is setting setting that example um, for others to follow, and and that's something that you both are clearly doing um, in. in both of you in in group with green team team and with Lily's plastic pickup. Um, so I, I do want to um, wrap up here with just two other quick questions I have for you. And, and these ones, these ones are a little bit more hopeful, you know, a little, a little, uh, a little spe- sp- uh, sharing some good vibes with all of our listeners out there. So uh, my first question, yeah, my, my first question is what do you hope that the world will look like by 2050? Um, so in, in in the next thirty years, what what do you really hope to see by the time that you're an a, an adult working, you know, working in whatever marine conservation field that you're working in? Because I'm sure you're both going to be you know wildly successful. Um, but what what do you hope the world looks like? Uh, Theodora, would you like to go first? No, you can go. I've gone plenty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, um, well, whenever I, well, whenever this question comes up, I always get really creative. I think of all of these futuristic things with plants growing around it. <laughs> but one of my favorite things to imagine in the future, if this will actually happen, and is that there's this entire museum dedicated to environmental problems and how the heroes of the past stopped stopped the stopped the um stopped the environmental problem saving the world from devastation and now give and now making it a now making it a peaceful place where where nature and animals thrive and then there's like these tiny fragments of of um of evidence that plastic existed and then there are these um uh, these um these ancient tapestries or something of of um of protests and school strikes. I don't know why I say this, but I always just get really creative when it comes to that question. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a great answer. I I would I would personally love to live in that world. <laughs> Me too. And hopefully we can get there. You know, I I hope I hope to see that museum um in 2050 down the road when we, when we've 
band together and, and fixed all of these issues. I, I, I would yeah. absolutely love that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> love it. And what, what about you, Theodora? Um, what, what do you hope that the world looks like by 2050? Oh, well, my version's a little bit less creative and I hope to be a bit like dramatic and realistic. <laughs> um, uh, I guess I just, I really hope that somehow the politicians, because I think they have the most power in this say, sadly, will have actually understood the issues that are occurring and importance that we as humankind, like, like the the problems which we as humankind pose on our environment and that we have been able to um, become more sustainable in our use of like electricity, especially uh, making that change to being carbon neutral and only using like re um, sustainable electricity. So like hydroelectrics and so on. And yeah. I'm, I really hope that's like my main hope and yeah. that somehow people, because I recently watched the documentary by David Attenborough as in yesterday and I I cried <laughs> a couple oh, no. of times. And, but it was quite hopeful at the end. And I really hope that we can make that difference, that by 2050 we have understood the importance that our actions play in the future and that we give the opportunity for future generations to live a prosperous life. Yeah, That's really that's my only hope. That's a great answer. It's it's like it's like you hope that students who are who are looking back at this, you know, uh, are reading in their textbooks that real changes were made because of because of uh, the education that that groups like you, you know, both of you have been doing, uh, and that and that people really rose to care about these issues. That I, I would love to see some textbook chapters written about that going forward in the um, next thirty years. Definitely. And um and my I'm my, getting so hyped. What what was that, Lily? Well, nothing. I, I was just saying. Oh my gosh, I'm getting so hyped for it, but I don't <laughs> even know what's going to happen in like 30 years. There we I go. I think the textbook, the chapter for 2020, is going to be an extremely long one. Yes, very I, I agree. For history students. Yeah, I think COVID is going to get its entire chapter. <laughs> I, I'd agree with you there. It's it's not just going to be a paragraph. That that's for sure. Um, and, and my my last question for you both. I want to keep on this this train of hope. Um, can you share one moment in your work that gives you hope? Like one one experience that you've had with your projects, uh, with Green Team Team or Lily's Plastic Pickup, that really give gave you hope. Oh, well, that is a really good but a little bit hard to answer question. <laughs> and I would definitely say is that whenever I hear someone like David Attenborough or Jane Goodall mm. or an, or someone or someone like that, I always get this feeling of hope and inspiration whenever I hear whenever I hear just one sentence come from them. I always just get this feeling like everything like um, how um, that the everything in nature is going to be good and and that and that we still and that we're still able to save it. I just get that feeling of inspiration and hope. Yeah. So it's so that's so yes, that would be my answer. <laughs> that's awesome. And what what about you, Theodora? Um. Well, I think it's very easy to let all like the negativity around us overshadow those moments of hope. But I think for me, it's been when I see other people like that contact me on social media, for example, saying, 
I'm really interested in what you do or can I help or can we make can we collaborate in some sort of way when people reach out to to like actually take action is when I'm like I'm most like impressed and amazed and I'm like wow we can actually do something there are people out there that really want to make a difference and every time that happens I sort of have this this hope that actually we can we can solve this issue oh that's that's awesome I I I agree it's yeah it's like it's like wow people are people are really listening right like people are reaching Mm, out yeah that's that's awesome um so I I want to end on that note just just to be very hopeful for our listeners um you both thank you so much to both of you Theodore and Lily for for taking the time out of your studies no thank you for having us it's really been it's been so interesting to have this conversation with you no and, and you both have so what you've said here today it's it's inspirational um you know our, i hope our listeners can can hear what you said and take that you know uh, and translate it into action and and really you know a- exactly just take really take both the energy that both of you have and and you know use it as an inspiration and get out there and and make a change for you know the plastic pollution biodiversity what climate change whatever issue really resonates with you um, that's that's the hope. So thank you so much to both of you. Um, and oh, thank you very much. And good good luck with school and keep up the incredible work. Awesome. You too. Thanks.